You're listening to the Chris the Freelancer podcast. Hello and welcome to the Chris the Freelancer podcast. This is a podcast all about location independence, time freedom, and living life on your terms. Each week we interview a new guest on the show, and today I'm sitting down with Riley Bennett, the now YouTuber who built a successful business on Amazon. In this week's episode, Riley talks about his initial trip to Thailand, saving up for over a year and building a business that now funds a life of freedom and adventure. Before we begin, I just want to mention that the sound quality is not the best in this episode as Riley's mic died about 15 minutes in. Uh, Also, I need to make a strong language warning on this episode, so if you're listening along with children or have sensitive ears, this may not be the episode for you. Otherwise, sit back. Relax and enjoy episode 11 with Riley Bennett. For show notes and more, visit ChrisTheFreelancer.com. All right, I'm here with Riley Bennett. Um, if you've seen some of my videos on YouTube, you've probably seen Riley's as well. If you just type in Vietnam Digital Nomad, it's all Riley's videos that show up. Or Digital Nomad, man. We're both on yeah, there. on Digital Nomad as well. But yeah, we've also done a um, collaboration together that you might have seen. That was uh, three months ago on Riley's channel um, where we talked more about like my story but this is uh, the now Riley's opportunity to talk about more about his story and the stuff he does Um, and I'm really interested to talk more about you know Amazon you know selling on Amazon and and hearing your story about how you got into that so um, yeah thanks for making the time of course man I'm chilling yeah you recently yeah you've only been in Chiang Mai for like how many days now like four or something uh, yeah, I just got to Chiang Mai like four days ago, and uh, yeah, I was back in the States visiting home for a little less than a month, Yeah. so the main motivation of that was to try to avoid taxes. There's this expat tax exemption law. If you're in the States for 35 days or less in a given 12-month period, you have your tax exempt on the first 99000 so Johnny FD did that. And that's mainly our main motivation to duplicate that. Yeah, I think I heard it on Johnny's podcast probably that Americans and some other nation in Africa or something are the only two places where you cannot avoid tax, you know, being taxed back home. Um, Like, you know, there's Canadians, Australians, they can all like, you know, change their tax residency and, and, um, you know, set up a company in another country and then sorted out that way but apparently you guys don't have that um, opportunity right uh well yeah for the i know it's just for the first ninety nine thousand, and you gotta apply and go through this whole application thing so i mean we're hopeful that it'll save us money to at least pay for our trip back home yeah so hopefully it'll be financially worth it all right well you like you like being in southeast asia anyway so it's not and, a and yeah like you a month was perfect being back home last last uh, year we were home for the whole summer three months that got a little bit boring uh and like we're still starting out our business is still small and it just it blew my mind once again how much money i spent just living in america just kicking it with friends going out having beers eating food taking ubers yeah. it's <laughs> fucking four or five times more expensive than here so like every day was just money down the drain living mm-hmm. back in america so you know, one day I'll be able to live wherever the fuck I want and just blow cheese and pop bottles. But <laughs> that's, you know, that's in a few years. So we're bootstrapping right now and I'm happy to do it because I came back to Chiang Mai and it was the most beautiful weather ever. I was just like, and it's so quiet here now, not packed with tourists. And I just felt so fucking peaceful and good. Mm-hmm. It was in those, those, those flights, 13 plus three hour flights, they don't phase me. Like I pop a couple of cannabis caramels and I'm just chilling on the plane sleeping for a good amount of it it's, it's nothing just hopping overseas so i could get used to it <laughs> oh jeez, i might have to change the explicit rating on this podcast <laughs> it's, it's it's the same as alcohol in the where i'm from if you're 21 plus you can go buy go buy weed go buy caramels candies any this is washington state yeah, yeah washington state okay yeah. cool so yeah all right well like i said on on this uh on this podcast, I like to go into people's stories and how they got started and their motivations and how they got to where they are today. So, yeah, take us back to the to the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. 
from memory, I think you're, you're working a sales job, and, but you wanted to travel. Is that where the story begins? Well, the story begins um, being, well, the story begins with the Big Bang um, <laughs> 12.4 billion years ago when the universe was created out of no reason. No. But uh, being born on the human, being born as a human on the planet Earth, I think everyone kind of has a desire to travel the world at one point. So it kind of just starts from there. Um, I'll actually take you back to the real beginning. When I was in like third grade, I wanted to be two things. I wanted to be an astronaut and I wanted to be an archaeologist. So those are, if you ask me, two of the most like adventurous, out there, exploratory careers. So like ever since a little kid, I pictured myself like in India, like being an archaeologist, like out and like in the crazy all over the world just in out there across the world like indiana jones type shit so yeah that's me i'm an adventurous personality always have a desire to travel the world but i think everyone does the the whole hard part is like how are you actually going to make it happen and that's the real story so it actually started i graduated college okay just like everyone i finished university washington state university and uh parker who has been my best friend since like you know, third grade as well. Um, crazy. We lived, grew up down the street from him. He we both went to the same college. He uh, graduated a year behind me in his last semester, senior year. He studied abroad in Phuket. Studied abroad in Phuket. Studied abroad in Phuket. <laughs> it was like it was like a month in Phuket, and then they did some time in Bangkok and Kuala Lumpur. So it was my uh, first year after college, and I was working my job, which was door-to-door sales, okay? Fucking selling for Comcast, door-to-door. Hi, my name is Riley, doing your fucking pitch at the door, selling them on some fucking internet. Yeah. Crazy, that was my actually su- my summer job, yeah. all during college. So every summer I would knock doors, you know, I'd make pretty good money, maybe make like, save like 10 grand in a summer, which is, I thought was like balling. I was like, yeah, fucking rich, doc. Um, so I ended up not wanting to jump into like a career, that soon after college so I was like let's just keep doing the independent door knocking hustle because I was really really kind of afraid of getting sucked into the corporate lifestyle because I think I've been a fan of like Tim Ferriss's YouTube channel or something um, for a number of years so I was kind of uh, influenced by the four hour work week kind of during the college times and it all kicked off the digital I had no idea what a digital nomad was like fucking three years ago and now I'm fucking full-time digital yeah. nomad. It's fucking dope. So me and my other uh, buddy, Danny, who I also, we, we also all grew up since like third grade. He had graduated college as well. And we we're just looking for a vacation, take some time off work. And we're like, let's just go visit Parker. He's in Phuket right now. He's studying abroad. Let's go to Thailand. Mm-hmm. So we took a two-week vacation, T-O-O-W-E-A-K, uh, per the four-hour work week. Two-week vacation out to Thailand, saw Parker, parted it up in Phuket, saw Bangkok, saw Hong Kong as well uh, for a weekend. And uh, Parker came back, and we were just like, we loved it. And Parker did two months there during the study abroad. I did two weeks, and we were both just like, had so much fun. We were just like, we got to go back and just get a job there. Let's just go there and just live out there for a year. Yeah. Let's try to get a job. Parker was a hospitality major. I was a fucking science major, fucking biochem, genetics and shit. But uh, he's like, yeah, I, I bet we could get a job like working at a bar or being promoters or at a hotel. Or we could teach English. Let's just go back there and live out there for a year. Yeah. So we came back to the States and we got a one-bedroom apartment together. So we split this thing. I slept on the couch for a year in Bellevue, Washington, which is like suburb of Seattle where we grew up, it was a thousand bucks a month, so we split rent, 500. I slept on the couch, and it was for that next year, from 2013 to 2014, was how are we gonna move back to Thailand? We actually got these big, like, uh, wall, like big post-it notes, like uh, presentation size, whatever, we stuck them on the wall, and we said, back to Thailand in May, our deadline is May, and this is like wow. summer of 2013. Um, so we're like back to Thailand. We're coming up with this, all these business plans. And actually the life hack for you guys that changed my life is when we moved into that apartment, we were about to sign up for Comcast cable TV. And at the very end we said, fuck it. 
we didn't get TV. We hooked up our Apple TV to the big screen and that actually changed our life because all day we would watch YouTube instead of watching like NBA, ESPN, all these yeah. TV shows like most people do. We went on YouTube and we, you know, typed in Thailand or whatever to get excited about it. And through watching videos about Thailand, blah, 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 who did we find? Johnny. Johnny FD's <laughs> My $200 Apartment in Chiang Mai video. And that set the cascade of events. We were just like, what the fuck? We followed Johnny's blog, blah, blah, blah found out about he does e-commerce. He sells shit online, does drop shipping. Um, you know, six months after we followed his blog, he announced the, the retreats in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And we were like, oh my God, dude, this retreat, all these digital nomads, this is our chance to figure out what these guys are doing that are already doing what we want to do is live out there in Thailand and just yeah. fucking live the chill life out there. And uh, so we're like, the, uh, the retreat was scheduled for October 2014. This is maybe like early in 2014. So we put that on our calendars. We are going to this fucking retreat, October uh, 7th. 2014 we're gonna be there and so we just stuck our minds to it um parker like worked at ups he worked at a restaurant he worked front desk at a hotel i was just steady knocking doors and we were just trying to live cheaply in america as hard as that is and save up our money and get out to this retreat and figure out what these motherfuckers are doing out there because once you see it on youtube you're like okay if those guys can do it then we can do it and it sounded a lot better a lot more ideal than teaching English or working at a hotel, you know, working from your laptop. Like that was my dream. Like just being able to wake up whenever you want, do some work on the computer at a coffee shop or from, from home uh, in your bed, you know, wearing your boxers or whatever, just the complete freedom. I think everyone wants that. So the main key that made it happen was having a best homie to be on the same mission as me. And I say this in every single podcast, that was the number one life hack, is having someone on the same mission as you to, to make the dream come reality. And then going to a conference, putting that date on the calendar, mm. booking that ticket for October 4th or whatever it was to be there by the conference, having a set date, having a deadline to get out to Southeast Asia to have your job quit by then, that was the key. So we both quit our jobs before then, went out to the conference, met, 100 digital nomads right away, uh, day one at this conference, and boom, all of a sudden, you have 100 friends, so it's super comfortable, you have people to hang out with immediately, um, you know, you're not wandering around wondering what to do. Uh, we came here, it worked at this place that we are at right now, Pun Space, um, one of the, uh, probably the best co-working space in Chiang Mai, and we, Long story short, paid attention to what other people were doing. And six months later, we found out that that was Amazon. And we pulled in all of our money to go in on our first product. We put in a thousand bucks each. Uh, so $2,000 total on our first test order. And that was 200 units. Uh, the test order went well. And then we shopped around for a loan from family and friends to get a loan for a thousand units. And we that a thousand units went live uh, about a year ago this month about 2015 july and our product has been selling uh 10 15 units per day consistently for about a year so it's july 2016 right now so that pays for both of our full-time livings out here uh, we pay ourselves each a 1500 a dollar a month salary yeah. Um, which is more than enough and the reason that we pay ourselves 1500 instead of a thousand is we each have uh, debt so he has student loan bills and I have credit card bills um, back in America so yeah that pays for both of our living and then all the profit on top we put right back into the business um, save up for our second product which we just bought 300 of for a test order and uh, boom that's that's the story in a nutshell having a friend on the same mission Turning off the TV, switching on YouTube, seeing what people were, what people were doing, um, attending a conference, meeting a bunch of digital nomads, um, becoming friends with digital nomads, paying attention to what works, um, and then just having the balls to you know book the ticket and do it. So we made it. Wow, that was that was. Um, I didn't have to lead that, you know, move that along at all. You just did the full story. Yeah, crazy. All right, well, I'll back you up a bit because there were a few things that uh, while you were talking that I um, particularly noticed. 
Can you talk what, about what you seemed so motivated when you came back from, you know, Phuket yeah. and, and, and you had this boy that said, mm. oh, I'm, we're moving to Thailand. Can you talk about yeah. what happened in Phuket? Why was it so, such a big deal for you? Um, well, Parker, so the funny story is, is um, before taking the two-week trip to Phuket, we were initially going to go to um, uh, Tokyo. And uh, like last minute, we changed it to, to Thailand because Parker, when he was studying abroad, he would text Danny and I all the time like, dude, this is amazing. Dude, it's just so, so awesome. Dude, you guys got to get out here. Like literally every day, he would just text us and call us like, dude, it's so sick. You know, it was his first time, oh, wow. first time in Asia, first time in the Eastern world. Uh, I don't know if, if it's the tropical vibes, the Buddhist vibes, um, the exotic girls, uh, the Thai food, just the sense of freedom. Um, I don't know, Parker, you know, he's a tropical guy. So when we got out there and obviously we had lots of fun, just like, we don't, we don't like a lot of bullshit. So it's like in Thailand, like nobody, like everyone, it seems like everyone has a more of a positive attitude than like in America. Like people in Thailand, like it's a cultural thing. Like you'll never see an argument in public. It's like a it's like a standard in Thailand. So if like if a couple is having an argument, like they'll go in private. Yeah. Like you never see people like in a bad mood. So it's just the overall vibe out here. Like it's our first time in Asia, and I think everyone has a desire to to travel to have that extended travel experience. And Parker had two months during his study semester abroad or whatever, but two months is it's not the same as six months or a year. Because yeah. when you have six months or a year, you really become a part of the city, like a part of the scene, a part of the, the expat scene, a part of the, even the local scene, mm-hmm. and just kind of like get to know a city, like your own home city. So we we're just like, let's just let's just stay out here for longer, you know? We just we're both down with the, the Thailand vibe, like why not? Um, and so yeah, we to say at least we were super motivated, and you you really have to be motivated if you want to yeah. quit your job, like. I understand how hard it is. Like, not everyone can just quit their job, but mm-hmm. I say this in every podcast as well. You, you gotta be really, you gotta re- want it really fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So before you discovered the Johnny stuff, uh-huh. was the were you looking at all the different options of living abroad? And then when you discovered Johnny stuff, it was like, oh wow, this is like having a kind of you know online business is the ultimate in freedom. Mm-hmm. And then because you know, it's the ultimate in freedom. It was an easy choice to say, that's what I want to aim for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we were initially, like, at the very early stages, like, planning on going to, like, work at a hotel or something, because Parker had the, uh, the hospitality background. Yeah. You know, occasionally you'll see, like, expat managers working at, like, a five-star hotel or some shit, some shit like that. So we're like, we knew it was possible to get a job overseas. We just didn't know the ideal solution which if you ask me is working online um, that's what I do now hey and uh, we actually like I started a blog before I knew about Johnny before I knew what a digital nomad was I started a blog um, because uh, I don't know how we found out about this um, but we found a YouTube video or something. It's this blogging program. It's a network marketing thing online. It's called Empower Network. Okay. Most of you guys have probably never heard of it, but maybe a few of you guys have. It's basically an affiliate marketing program where you create a blog and you're selling information products. And the information product that you're selling is how to create a blog and sell information products. Oh, so wow. it's this big network marketing thing. And But, but I actually it kind of kicked me in the right direction. So I, I don't regret it because like the, the, the lesson on day one, oh, you know what? Is I actually met someone physical, in physical person who told me about Empower Network because oh, okay. uh, you know, they want to sign me up under them. Yeah. So uh, I was like, oh, you make money blogging? That sounds super interesting. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll show you. I'll sign you up. So I signed up. It was like 25 bucks a month for like whatever, this blogging platform. And so the, the lesson on day one was create a blog post every day. Yeah, and so that's what I did, and I would just write, 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 and um, they're like, just write about whatever's on your mind, just write about, just whatever you're passionate about, whatever you yeah. want to talk about. So I just wrote about what I was passionate about, like 
technology, the times that we're living in, the exponential technology growth, the, you know, the ability to travel easier than ever, yeah. uh, our, desire, our desire to travel the world and work from wherever we want. And like part of part of the uh, the selling point of this blogging pro- program was yeah you can make passive income online like you can work from wherever you want if you if you become a full time blogger and make money online so that first opened the door to like oh shit people are actually doing this like making money online blogging from their computers um, you know the people way high up they're traveling the world and you know they have all these exotic pictures with their computers opposite of the day I have dozens of those motherfuckers now. <laughs> uh, so I was like, all right, but it was dope because I wrote a blog every day, and that blog was kind of like a life hack because I was faking it until I was making it. So I was writing about location independent business. It's the best thing because, and you can actually check my blog out. It's livingthatlife.wordpress.com. If you go in the archives, you'll see posts from 2013 where I'm just ranting, ranting, ranting about exponential technology about location independent income about entrepreneurship because at that point i realized i don't want to be an employee i want to be a fucking entrepreneur be my own boss so you really got to realize that you're an entrepreneur um and i realized that after college and i think most people listening to this they already realize they're an entrepreneur person they're not an employee they want to be their own boss so uh that was that was our first thing and should uh first online venture you could say and then um as we started watching more and more youtube we finally stumbled upon johnny's video and then um we signed up for the dropship lifestyle program and then we started our little dropship sites shopify sites that was probably summer of 2014 like a few months before the retreat and um we made our little sites and we made our first dropshipping sale um kind of holiday time like I think the first of November 2014 was the first sale um, but dropshipping for the majority of people never really made a profit it was kind of too expensive to buy ads um, but yeah but after six months it kind of proved out that Amazon was kind of the it was kind of the hot shit and it was working out for most people to try it so we went into that so talk us through how you know drop shipping didn't work out and, yeah. and, and how you know the Amazon thing did because you said that uh, most of the people you met were struggling to make drop shipping work yeah yeah this is a very common question so this would be good for you guys um, people ask me like didn't you try drop shipping blah, 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 because I understand why drop shipping is, is good because you don't have to buy the inventory up front so, quick overview, I guess, people that don't know what dropshipping is versus Amazon. So, dropshipping is when you have your own domain, like, um, freaking, I'm holding a lavalier mic. So, lavaliermicdeals.com. Like, I'll create that. I'll create a Shopify store where people will search for, to buy a lavalier mic on Google. They will click on Google Shopping. They will see lavaliermicdeals.com under the list of websites that will sell those. They'll go, oh, lavaliermics.com. They must specialize in lavalier mics. You know, some people want to shop from that. So yeah. they'll click on it. They'll order the lavalier mic. Um, this is actually a bad example because when you drop ship, you want to drop ship expensive stuff, like yeah. 200 bucks plus. Um, so I was selling, um, fuck it, I'll just say it. I was, because I, I sold this site. I was selling inflatable hot tubs. For they're like a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks a piece. Yeah. And so they'll see my inflatable hot tub, portablehottubuniverse.com. I sold it. Go to the website, buy shit. If you want one, go there. Support the guy that owns it now, whatever. Um, but uh, so yeah, but in order to, so okay, someone places an order for the hot tub, you get the money into your account within a couple days, and then you email the, the supplier who warehouses them in America, and you say, hey, this customer just placed an order, um, deliver this hot tub to them, and yeah. then you pay the factory the wholesale price. Yeah. And you keep the difference between retail and wholesale, which is usually like 20, 30%. So each sale you make like 200, 300 bucks or whatever. But in order to get enough traffic to get enough sales, which is like 100 views per day, you'll get like one sale. Um, if that, you have to pay Google per click. So you have to pay Google like 30 to 40 bucks a day. It ended up like I had to pay Google 40 bucks per day 
in order to get like a sale, like per mm-hmm. a sale, one sale a week. Yeah. So that's 1200 bucks a month, yeah. 40 bucks a day. And I wasn't making that much profit because it was kind of breaking even. If I make a sale a week and let's say I make like 250 bucks uh, a sale, that's thousand bucks a month profit, but I'm spending 1200 a month on Google ads. So yeah. it just wasn't adding up. Yeah. And for like, I would say like pretty much everyone at this particular dropship lifestyle conference that was starting from ground zero, like Parker and I were, pretty much everyone ran into the same problem. It was a cheap traffic problem. Mm-hmm. Um, dropshipping works um, if you can get cheap enough traffic, but just Google, just paying Google alone will not work. You It will break even. Um, or actually lose a bit of money. I actually lose, lost a few hundred bucks like per month. Um, but if you can f- figure out a way to get like podcast marketing to your store or like social media marketing, Pinterest, something cheaper, something more content, social media driven, like getting influence influencers to like promote your store through a blog post or something, yeah. then it can work. But just relying on Google pay-per-click or product listing ads, PLAs, is not enough. So Kai, who I have a podcast with uh, on YouTube, you can check that out. He had saved a ton of money through his sales job before this conference. Uh, And so he just went straight into Amazon because there was a a talk. This guy, Ben Brandis, at the Dropship Lifestyle Retreat, he talked about how he built his Amazon business and everyone's like, oh my God, that's ultimate. You own your own brand, you own your own product, that's dope. And so that was kind of everyone at the conference, that was kind of the next step after dropshipping was owning your own product, selling your own product. Because that way you can, you're building something. You're building something that you can, a brand that you can sell down the line. And so, but not everyone had like 10 or 20 grand saved up. Yeah. to buy a bunch of inventory and go straight into Amazon. So, But Kai did. He saved up tons of money from his job. So after the holidays, let's say January, February, he's just kind of working upon space and around and we're just like, he's kind of a quiet guy. We're just like, yeah, how's Amazon going? He's like, it's going good. He was making like 5K profit per month. And uh-huh. after a while, actually someone came up to us. I don't say their name, but we were at a, a digital online meetup or something. He was like, you know what, guys? Fuck this dropshipping shit. I'm doing Amazon. <laughs> Parker was just like, you know what? You're right. Fuck this dropshipping shit. Let's just do Amazon. Let's just. I don't care if we don't have a lot of money. Let's just do a small order and let's just let's just do it. And so it proved out to be good. We we each had like two thousand left in savings, and we put a thousand of that each into uh, wow. to buy two hundred units. And uh, for the test order, it went pretty good. And um, so we put in 2000 we got about like 3500 back from Amazon within mm-hmm. about a month or two months. But we had to spend that to keep living in Chiang Mai because, yeah. you know, we had to split that three and a half grand. We spent a thousand bucks a month here. So we're like, shit, we don't have money. We don't have money to buy more inventory. So we had to go to friends and family and show them our numbers and the projections and uh, all that shit, give them the whole business plan. Basically, like, this is the business plan. We have this product. It's a good niche. We can we can dominate this niche. Blah, blah, blah. And so, but that that took us a while, like three months of you know, going to different people, and finally we got to long. Um, yeah, because I'll be honest, like we didn't have that. We didn't have a thousand units worth of money saved up, so we had to go get the loan. And for a lot of you guys starting Amazon, it may be the same thing. So I'm just saying, like, but hey, any any store. Like you're gonna go to have, you're gonna have to go get a loan to start a store. <laughs> I don't care if it's a physical store. I don't care what type of business. You're gonna have to borrow money to start a business. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's just what you do, and so that's what we did. And uh, a year later, it's still selling good. How do you um, deal with risk? Because as an entrepreneur, you have to take risks, obviously. And uh, you know, with your story, it was it. It, it seemed like you you know, really hedged your bets on, on, on the business working. Was that a scary experience for you or you were just so determined and you're like, if it all falls apart, you know, so be it. Like, what was your 
thinking with that? Yeah, good question. Um, it, it's going to be scary, but so number one, we like Parker and I are pretty confident people. Hmm. Like I say this in pretty much every one of my podcasts, like some people are born with it and but and some people learn it over time. I don't know whether I was born with it or whether I learned it over time because it was from, from my parents raising me in a positive environment, whatever. But I've always been the type of guy that's like, okay, if you can do that, then I can do that. You have to have that mindset first and foremost because if you say, if you're looking at Johnny FD and these traveling vloggers and people you know living on their own terms, the freedom life, and if you say something like, oh, well, they were lucky or they could do that because they had this, I don't have that, then you're, you're fucked. You're never going to do it. So. <laughs> I think most people listening to this, you know, you, you're the type of person that says, if he can do it, I can do it. So you, got, you have to have that mindset and, like, yeah, there's risk, but no risk, no reward. Like, worst comes to worst, like, we would have, we had six months of savings, so we had, like, 10 grand saved up each from our jobs. Worst comes to worst, we come to live in Chiang Mai for six months and didn't make money online, and we go back and just do the same same job and save up ten grand again over the next year and come back out for six more months and try it again. Uh-huh. Um, so you know, worst comes to worst, we live in Thailand for six months. Um, but we got lucky enough, you know. And I say luck; it it takes research. It takes a lot of research to pick pick a good product. So, but it does take a little bit of luck. You know, I'll say it, it does take a little bit of luck to have your product be successful. Um, but you can you can hedge your bets by doing a lot of smart market research. And um, the the method that we did is <laughs> kind of a new method, I guess. But I'm coming out with a course that's not out yet, but I will be that we just talked about talked about talking about basically how we did what we did with the Amazon thing um, but uh, and then the other thing is it made it a lot less scary because I had my best friend doing it with me mm-hmm. if it was just me it would have been a lot more scary so that's why I say in every podcast of course not everyone has this luxury but if you can get on the same mission with a friend and move out here with your girlfriend or your best friend whatever like it'll make it ten times less scary um but yeah, like no risk, no reward, and we were super confident, and our intentions were set pure. You know, we showed we showed the universe our intention. Um, you know, people that know about the secret and you know positive vibes, you know, attract positive vibes and like, all that shit. And, um, just like setting your intention so pure, and starting to write that blog about traveling the world, location independent, a year before I even came to Chiang Mai, like it was kind of like a fucking universe hack. Like, I, I was, in my mind, I was pretending like I was already doing it uh, a year wow. before I even came out here. Like, like a year and a half before I even made my first dollar online, really. Mm. I started writing, writing blog posts about how sick um, e-commerce was because it enabled you to travel the world and work from wherever, wherever you want. But it's going to be scary, but, um, you know, if you're, if you're working your sales job, knocking doors, listening to this podcast like I was, I was listening to John's podcast in my earbuds while I was knocking doors, literally. Yeah. And then when they, when they answered the door, I would pause it and then yeah. start my pitch. So, like, I was that fucking motivated listening to John's Travel Like a Boss podcast. Um, so, I was super motivated. You really, really have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired of your job. Parker and I both hated our jobs. Yeah. So, if you're at home... Figure out which one of your friends hates their job the most and move into an apartment together or hang out every day and just talk about how much you hate your job. Just yeah. keep talking about how much you hate your job because that will manifest into action, hopefully, and follow Chris and follow me. Just copy what other people are doing. You don't have to like think of a new idea. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it is with this e-commerce thing, just copy what other people are doing. We didn't invent some new shit. Like, we just are doing what the four hour work week says um pay acute attention to what other people are doing and observe it and and adapt it so and by the way public service announcement if you guys have not read or listened to the audiobook the four hour work week um you better pause this podcast and go download that shit um it's uh, it's on audible whatever all right 
Um, that's that's like the, the Bible when it comes to digital nomads. It's all about agreed. It's, it's all about traveling. It's all about it's all about efficiency in your life. Making most of your time on this planet Earth, not wasting your life um, doing something that you not wasting like the majority of the days of your life doing something that you're not even like totally excited about. Mm-hmm. And so, to say the least, guys, it, it's about digital nomad. It's about making money online, e-commerce, creating a product, creating a brand, traveling the world, learning new skills. You know, learning archery. You know, learning salsa dancing. Mm-hmm. Like being the world's most interesting man, Tim Ferriss. He wrote the fucking book. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just I don't know what to say. Just just fucking do it. Um, just copy what copy what everyone else is doing. Um, but yeah, there's gonna be a risk. But oh yeah, so you guys at home, save up ten grand, ideally twenty grand. Like looking back, I actually wish I had a little bit more money saved up. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's really hard to save money in America, but get with your friend that also hates their job as much as you, and like go be- become like save money buddies. Like don't go out and you know spend all the money at the bars and shit. Like save as much money as you can. Save ten or twenty grand. And uh, if you save twenty grand, you could, you can, uh, you could move out to Chiang Mai for six months. You know, ten grand will be your living expense, and then the other ten grand you can put into uh, an Amazon inventory order uh, for five hundred or a thousand units and get started that way. So, hindsight, I would tell myself, save up twenty grand, quit your job, and go right into Amazon. All right. So you mentioned the four-hour work week, which I totally recommend to everyone as well as the Bible for digital nomads and uh, dropship lifestyle. Is there any other resources you can recommend? Did you take any courses for uh, Amazon or? So yeah, um, one of my friends in um, one of my friends had bought the amazing selling machine. It's like, you know, probably the most popular Amazon course, whatever, if it's five grand. So he like, he threw down five grand. Okay, wow. this, was, this was Kai who had all the money saved up from his job. Cold calling job, by the way, corporate sales. Um, inside sales, so phone, blah, blah, blah. And so I kind of learned off of his amazing seller account. Um, so I kind of learned directly from Kai. So I would just ask him questions on Facebook every single day, like, Am I doing this right? What do I do with this? Like the little, the little you know, nuts and bolts type of stuff. But I learned from a friend. And so I would say, if you get into Amazon, don't just wing it yourself. You're gonna need a friend who's done it before to like advise you and coach you through the little stuff because even though we had Kai, like we still made mistakes on our first order. Like um, there's tons of little mistakes that you gotta avoid that will just cost you money and cost you time dealing with your Chinese supplier. Yeah. So I don't even think I explained this. So with the Amazon thing, what you do is you buy products in bulk from Alibaba.com, which is like the wholesale site in China, mm-hmm. and you're communicating with the factory uh, sales rep uh, over email and over Skype chat. And what they'll do is you'll buy a thousand of these little products. Um, the Amazon method, what you want to do is focus on like a twenty to forty dollar product, mm-hmm. and they'll private label it for you. So they'll place your logo on the product. Yeah. So they'll they'll place my logo on this little lavalier mic that I'm holding right now. So uh, this this is actually this lavalier mic that I uh, bought is actually probably an amazing selling machine uh, seller. So the the, the the because I know their marketing, like I know how their page looks. Yeah. The people that sell this mic, I think, went through the amazing selling machine because some of their marketing uses the tips that they teach. Nice. Um, so yeah, the, the Alibaba will private label it and that means brand it. Brand it your own. So you own this product. It will say like Riley's Lavalier mics you know, on the fucking bag or on the product itself. And they ship boxes, they ship all the thousand units to the Amazon warehouses um, in America. and the, Seller Central and Amazon makes it easy. You, you just go create fulfillment order, and it tells you the exact three warehouses to ship your boxes. How many boxes? Like thirty. Let's say there's hundred boxes. Thirty-three, thirty-three, thirty-four, and uh, your factory tells you how much what the sizes are. You put in all the information. Boom, boom, boom. It arrives on Amazon. Amazon, boop. They scan the boxes. It's for sale on Amazon. 
mm. and you you know you create the pictures yourself and the, the marketing copy on there. So that's the that's the Amazon method in a nutshell. You buy it wholesale in bulk from Amazon.com and then you sell it on Amazon or sorry on Alibaba.com. Sell it on Amazon for double or whatever. You you want to double your money. So let's say after shipping it costed you like 20, 20 bucks product, bucks. You want to get you want to get 20 bucks back from Amazon. So if you spent 20 bucks to get it to Amazon, you want Amazon to give you back 20. That's kind of the goal. Um, we're, we're not quite there, we're a few dollars shy, but that's kind of the goal. Um, but uh, yeah. Do, do you think um, Amazon is a bit of a gold rush right now? Because if you look at Amazon as a company, they're just, they're looking for world domination. They're reinvesting all their profits uh, into the, the company and their, their revenue has grown year on year um, but their profits have stayed about the same because they just continually invest and invest and I've spoken to people about Amazon before and I'm just like ah oh, geez like, it seems like everyone's doing Amazon and there's so much competition and I spoke to one guy who promotes Amazon here in Chiang Mai and he said but it's growing so fast like even with the amount of competition um you know, and now is the time to get in. Do you think at some point that it's 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 not going to be the opportunity that is you know available now? Uh, did you speak to Rob? The yeah, Amazon podcast guy. Yeah, um, yeah, I talked to him too. Um, I mean, he's got a great point. Like e-commerce in general is like still on a steep up up climb. Like. We're, we're still at the beginning of the internet age, like really in the big picture of it. Like, <laughs> there's so much, we're, oh God, technology is growing exponentially and e-commerce is not gonna slow down. It's only picking up. People are only buying more and more shit online. And Amazon, like, they have big domination plans. Like, they wanna be in every fucking continent, every country in the world, like, so, and I would, I would agree with him. I would say that it's still good to get in now. Um, it's still great to get in now. Like, let's say you have a hundred friends who all do Amazon. Yeah. There's a hundred thousand niches on Amazon. Yeah. So it's like people say, oh, there's more competition. Okay, yeah, there are, every day there's more and more Amazon sellers that are doing this, you know, around the world. But there's so many tens of thousands of niches. Like, not everyone is selling the same niche. So as long as they are not in the same niche product as you. We're not competing. Yeah. Just because your friend sells on Amazon, I sell on Amazon. We're not competing. We're totally in different markets. He could be selling doggy bones, and I could be selling lavalier mics. Yeah. It's completely different. So there's so many thousands of products to choose from to go around. I think um, if you pay attention to what has worked, you know, through all of our experiences, and avoid those mistakes, and then pay attention, um, you know, to yeah, pay attention to the methods that work and avoid. Our, mis- our mistakes that we already made, just keep learning from people who, who've done it. So I think it's, it's even better because you can learn from all of us who have been doing it for, I've doing, been doing it for a year and a half, you know, Rob's been doing it for however many years, just learn from us and go after it, you know? But not every product is guaranteed to succeed. Hmm. And in dropshipping and Amazon, not every product is guaranteed to sell, you know, 10 per day, which is the goal. And you know, full disclosure, we actually launched a second product. We bought a thousand of a second product Christmas of last year. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a dud product. It only sells one or two per day. Mm-hmm. So we that's a mistake that you guys should not do. Don't buy a thousand of a of a product until you do a test order with yeah. a couple hundred. So, you know, our first product was selling fifteen per day. We we're like, yeah, let's just do this next product. It's you know kind of the same niche, yeah. but a little bit different. And let's, let's just buy a thousand. Fuck it, buy a thousand, and we have like five hundred left. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm kind of kind of dead. But we're, we're launching a third product now, and we learned from the mistakes of the second product. So um, you really gotta pay attention to other people's mistakes. Um, but it's still ripe to get in. I definitely. I <laughs> we just launched a product with our friend from back home, and um, it's already live. It's been live for a couple months. Um, He's doing a bundle product, okay? That's, I'll just say it. That's kind of our method is the bundle method. Um, like I told you earlier, like kind of bundling in, like related accessory products together. 
Um, so we did that for him and multiple other friends back home were just right. like, dude, like you're still out in Southeast Asia. It's been two years. Like, how do I fucking get into this game? Yeah. Um, and and also people you know, through my YouTube channel hit me up every day. How do I do this Amazon thing? Blah blah blah. So I'm kind of coaching like a handful of people, just kind of free on the side. Um, but I am working on an Amazon full Amazon course because it's about that time that I that I monetize all my experience and show people exactly how to do it through everything that I've succeeded and failed at. So resources, um, stay tuned to my YouTube channel. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm sure the link will be in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, go to my blog, livingthatlife.wordpress.com and just kind of stay tuned to when my course will be, be available. Um, so yeah, hey, I'm a good resource, guys. I'll, just, I'll, just, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, yeah, learn from me. Yeah, definitely. That All that stuff will be uh, linked in the show notes for you guys. Um, so... You talked about setting up products and you, you tried a few different things. Is Once you set them up on Amazon, is it basically Amazon takes care of the rest um, and then when you run out of an order, you just order more? And then if so, is, is your time spent now sort of developing you know, new markets and um, you know, launching new products? Or how, what, what does it look like on a day-to-day basis as an Amazon seller? Yeah. Cool, yeah. So... Um what you want to, uh, first, first part of the question, as soon as you have like 200 units left or whatever, you'll take the cash that you have mm-hmm. and you'll put down a 20 or 30% deposit with your Amazon, or sorry, with your Alibaba Chinese factory. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will start the production of 6,000 units. As soon as that um, production is ready to ship, you'll pay the remaining 70% and they'll ship it out. Yeah. So you always got to make sure that you order you place your next order for to re-up for a thousand more units um, before you run out of stock. You don't you you don't want to run out of stock. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of the number one rule. Um, but it, it can be tight with the cash flow because with Amazon you get paid bi-weekly and uh, you really gotta make sure you have enough cash um, to place that thirty percent deposit to get your order uh, ready for to re-up so you don't run out of stock. Because if you run out of stock you basically go to the back of the page listings. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to do that. <laughs> um, what was the uh, other part of the question? Day to day. So let's see, yesterday I was working on um, graphic design, like the images for my friend's product that we helped them launch. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the, during the first couple months after product launch, what I found is I'm always changing the images Mm-hmm. Um, so on Amazon you have a main image and then you have like seven other images. Yeah. So I'm always like changing the main image um, like every week and then changing the other seven images okay. um, during the first couple months and just testing them like every week mm-hmm. to see what converts better. Yeah. And so I was doing that for my friend's product yesterday. I was adding, I was, I'm always making the images more sexy. Um, and that's a kind of a slow progression. I know professional graphic designer I'm doing everything on PowerPoint I'm basically Jerry I'm Jerry rigging this whole thing just like making it look as good as I can just through fucking free PowerPoint shit um but yeah so I spend a lot of time doing graphic design stuff because PowerPoint is slow and I'm an amateur graphic designer so I'm just always tinkering with like images um and I also do the copy for my product um uh, and my friend's product, so I'm always changing the title. Okay. Um, and then changing the, you have five bullet points, mm. and then you have the description box at the, at the bottom. Yeah. So I'm always changing those things and then seeing the numbers um, through the next week and seeing what mm-hmm. converts well. So on Amazon, a 10% conversion rate is good. Yeah. So someone that clicks on your page, um, if they buy your products within the next 24 hours, that's a conversion. So yeah. if 100 people click on my page in one day, about 10 people will buy it. And sometimes our page is as high as 15%. Nice. So that's, our page converts pretty well because we have a unique product. No one else has our exact product and that's why it's successful. And our second product that was a dud it's because there was a couple other sellers that have the same exact model. The only thing that was different was we had our sexy logo on it and our sexy packaging <laughs> and branding. That's not enough 
to to justify your higher price point, um, even if it's the same price point. Um, it's not enough. Sexy branding is not enough to get someone to choose you. It's all about features. It's all about having the product different than every other seller, and that's crucial that we are making that we will be teaching in our course uh, how to make sure you do that. And it's also you have to do a lot of keyword research. You really yeah. have to make sure that you know even if your product is is unique. Um, there has to be people already searching for that. Mm-hmm. Like friends come up to me at home, they're like, "Dude, I got this idea for a product. It's gonna be this freaking this pillow, and it's gonna be blah, blah. It's Like, dude, all right, search search for it on Amazon. Is there someone searching for that keyword? Like, you know, uh, whatever. There's this golf product. Is there someone searching for it? And if no, then you're not gonna get people to magically start searching for that and find the mm-hmm. product. So it's like it's like a reverse engineering. You have to look at the keyword volume. There's this site, merchantwords.com. You can see the keyword search volume. Okay. You look at the keyword search volume, and then you put a product in front of that keyword. You're not inventing a new product that's good and then throwing it on Amazon, hoping certain people will search for it. You're, you're doing it backwards. So you're seeing what's in demand for on Amazon. And, um, you know, of course, there's going to be a version of every single keyword out there. But what you want to do is find a niche keyword that there's opportunity to make um, to make that product better. And uh, that's what you do. You, you make it better than everyone else and you charge a higher price point than everyone else. That's kind of the Amazon method in this community is, or in the Amazing Selling, can, the, what the Amazing Selling Machine teaches is, you don't wanna put something on Amazon and then be the cheapest, just be the cheapest version of that. You wanna be the iPhone of that product. So yeah. you wanna charge the highest. Yeah. So, for example, our product as well, because if you search for our keyword, we're the most expensive listing on that page. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain percentage of people that will want to buy it just because it's the most expensive one, because that per- creates perceived value. Now, our product, in my opinion, it still is the best product, so it is justified to charge that much, um, but there's always people that will want to buy the high-end version. So what you ideally want to do is be the high-end version of the niche product that you're selling, but it takes very, very care- careful number crunching and reverse keyword engineering research. Um, but yeah, on, on a day-to-day basis, I'm, uh, I'm always editing the copy, and then um, I just finished doing the packaging. The, I did the packaging design all myself mm-hmm. for our, our new product that we just bought 300 of. So I do a lot of like PowerPoint graphic design shit on a day-to-day basis. And also, I spend probably just as much time, not just as much time, one, once a week, I'll edit a video, f- spend an all-nighter editing a YouTube video. It takes me like eight or ten hours to edit a video. So I do, okay. I, you know, do the YouTube um, on my computer. Um, and then I only work like fucking four to five hours a day on my computer. Like, I'm a pretty lazy guy yeah. you know, in the overall picture of it. Um, so, yeah, I... I you know, I enjoy sleeping in on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, I, we go to CrossFit every day. Um, we enjoy going out and partying. Like me and Parker, like we love the lifestyle, man. We we love it. You know, I enjoy sitting by the pool, twenty minutes a day, getting some sun, getting my pale ginger ass some color. Um, you know, getting you know getting an, enough vitamin D. Um, so yeah, but overall, like I don't work as much as you know the average person um, because we don't need to every day. Like our product that sells well now, the one that's been selling for a year, like I, I haven't edited it or changed it in months. Like it mm-hmm. kind of just sits there and yeah. just sells every day. So yeah. Okay, so it seems once you launch the product, it's just about optimizing that listing and making yeah. sure stock doesn't run out. Yeah, right? you'll, you'll, the first couple months you'll 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 optimize it and. You know, and once you find that those images that you're satisfied with, like okay, those images, you know, the branding is consistent and they look sexy, and the you know the copy and the title looks good, and it's selling pretty good. Then you just kind of leave it alone, and then mm. research, figure out what your next product is going to be. Awesome. Okay, one more business question. I want to get onto the lifestyle stuff. Sure, man, love it. Um, you talk a lot about you know your friend uh, business partner Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you kind of work together or complement each other? Um, do you have separate roles or mm-hmm. do you have you know use a 
project management tool or how do you how do you manage it kind of yeah. the two person team great question um, so it it also does the reason that I'm able we are each able to only work four hours um, four hours a day is because we basically split the work in half so he deals with the supplier mm-hmm. so he's always talking to the supplier on Skype chat on email um, he plays he makes the, the re-up orders um, he just placed a negotiated price for a new uh, product um, and then he also does the um, the PPC so the pay-per-click advertising on uh, Amazon um, he does kind of all the accounting stuff um, like he he uh, he takes money out of the business account and pays our allowance into our personal accounts every month. Um, so yeah, he handles the supplier, which is like a week, a daily or weekly. You know, you're chatting with a random Chinese girl, yeah. like on Skype, like chat, like hey, how are you? How was your day? Yeah. Um, we're still waiting on blah 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 whatever's going on. Like, did you yeah. get the file? Did you get the design file? When's it ready to print? When's it ready to ship? Um, you know this product is breaking, you need to upgrade this, this product is a piece of shit, and blah, 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 and ordering samples. So, I didn't mention this part, but before you, obviously, before you order a test order of something, you order a sample. So, we'll, we're constantly ordering samples to Chiang Mai, to yeah. our apartment, and feeling the sample, make sure it's not a cheap Chinese piece of shit, and once it's good, <laughs> then you place a test order for like 100, or 200, 300 units. Um, but yeah, we, did, we split the task up um, pretty 50-50. So, I do all the graphic design, um, the copy, um, and he uh, he deals with uh, the supplier and kind of the accounting and placing new orders and that type of shit. So yeah, it's it's it can be done by one person, um, but it's it would be obviously more of a full time job, maybe six or eight hours per day. But you know, splitting it up four hours per day, okay, four to five, three to five, we'll go with that. But hey, like we might only work like four days per week. So I'll, I'll throw that in too. We probably yeah. only work like four days per week, yeah. you know, because we'll go out and party on a random Wednesday and be yeah. over on Thursday and not work, yeah. like something like that, so. <laughs> nice, living that life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's a good, good point. Good point to start talking about the lifestyle stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you don't have to, you know, work as much and you're spending less because you're in uh, Southeast Asia. I I believe that's the main reason you're in this region of the world Um, and usually hang out uh, Thailand, Vietnam, bit of the Philippines. Like how do you, how do you choose like the locations and have you found, uh, you know, being in Thailand and in comparison to Vietnam or the Philippines? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, in a nutshell, it's all word of mouth. It's all word of mouth between digital nomads that we meet in person. Um, obviously, we started out in Chiang Mai because it's known as the digital nomad capital of the world, and that's why the Dropship Lifestyle Conference was here, October 2014. So we moved out here uh, for the conference 2014, October, and we stayed here for nine months. And then um, we had some friends here, like Kai, Ocean, and others who did a during that time, during the burning season, which is like April, um, May, April-ish, or maybe March, in Chiang Mai, it's burning season, and some homies went down to Ho Chi Minh City, Saigon, uh, which is Vietnam, people. And they, they came back and they, they gave a rave reviews. So, um, you know, we went home that summer, 2015, and we were like, hey, where should we go next? Like, you know, we could go to Chiang Mai, or we could go to Ho Chi Minh City, which is just as cheap. Yeah. You know, our main goal with this whole business is to travel the world. Like, let me say that. Yeah. Like the whole business, the whole reason we're out here is because we want to travel the world, right? We just don't want to sit in one place for the rest of, the, of our lives. You know, we want to do interesting shit, live our lives to the fullest. That's the whole point. We're in this Amazon game is because it's a lifestyle business. It's a passive income. It allows you to do whatever you want with your time. Okay. The the goal is not to work, work, work goals to travel, 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 do dope shit, film dope videos, all this shit. Do what you want with your life, alright? Read the four hour 
Um, so yeah, Ho Chi Minh got great reviews, so we moved there um, September 2015, and we lived there for six months. Mm. And uh, Saigon, <laughs> it's like the New York City of Vietnam, so it's a crazy, packed, traffic, motorbike, tsunamis everywhere, <laughs> and uh, just freaking buildings, and um, crazy loud everywhere, so it's kind of the opposite of Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai is a sm- small to medium-sized city, but you know, there's still you know a few good bars, and like Zoe Bar, there's still somewhat of a nightlife, but Saigon is like fucking New York City. There's a million bars. You'd never be able to go to all the bars and clubs there. You know, it's, yeah. it's huge. And that was our first really big city experience living in our life. Because we're from kind of the suburbs of Seattle. So that, that was the first time where we wake up in our apartment, we walk outside, and there's you can hear traffic like from your bedroom. Um, so first time really in, living in really a densely populated area, which is cool. I love the energy. I, we love Saigon, like mm-hmm. fucking love it. But we also love Chiang Mai for the same reasons. Like I yeah. think it, it, this has been dope going back and forth between Saigon and, and Chiang Mai. Yeah. Because uh, it's like you go to the huge energy Saigon and then you come back to the peaceful and Buddhist uh, Chiang Mai. Yeah. Um, so we like both. And then um, we had another digital nomad friend, um, actually a couple who who went to the Philippines, and uh, so. Um, and also I had uh, a friend from high school who was doing a vacation in Boracay, Philippines, so we went there for 10 days. We lived in uh, Davao, which is the southernmost city of the Philippines, and it's known for being very not touristy at all. So yeah. you'll, you'll see a white person like every other day. So <laughs> it was, it's a unique um, digital nomad destination in that sense, is it's really a local city experience. Uh, it doesn't feel touristy at all because it's not. Um, like people will see you walking down the street and they'll want to take a selfie with you because like they don't they're like oh my god a fucking tourist who is, who is this guy Brad Pitt <laughs> um, so you can kind of read between the lines on that one why it's popular um, and uh, so we lived there for a month um, our friend from he actually lives in Kenya he flew out um, to meet us there for um, to, to live with us for a month and we masterminded and helped him launch his Amazon product but the Philippines is dope. Um, a little bit on the Philippines in general. Uh, it's a bilingual country, basically. Mm-hmm. So they speak fluent English and Tagalog. Yeah. And they kind of speak, speak like, uh, even to each other, Filipino to Filipino. It's called Taglish. It's a mix between uh-huh. English and, uh, and Tagalog. Oh, wow. So it'll be like, sige, sige, go to the supermarket. Um, um, blah, 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 blah. Sige, sige, para, 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 para. Um, your pair of shorts, something they're like mixed English, and uh, it's really weird. That was a super weird. example, but don't <laughs> I think you did pretty well considering that you don't speak. I don't speak it at all, but I just know like para para sigue sigue, because in their language it sounds like Spanish. Uh-huh. It's like the whole country was yeah. like Spain colonized, so like the food is like similar to like Spanish, and the language sounds like Spanish, um, and they all speak fluent English, so. Um, in that sense, a lot of people like it because it's it can be a little bit easier to meet girls, I guess, because they speak fluent English. Hello, sir. Here is your change, sir. Twenty pesos, sir. Have a good day, sir. Their accents are really good. It's funny. Um, but yeah, Philippines is dope. Um, we we definitely loved it. We're definitely gonna go back sometime. Um, and, and people ask me, hey, what's your favorite, dude? I like Chiang Mai and Saigon and the Philippines the same because they're all beautiful animals in their own respect. There we go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're gonna end it. And I guess when you first came to Chiang Mai, you, you were going to the retreat, so you plugged into the community pretty easy with that. And then your uh, friends recommended Ho Chi Minh, yeah. and then you, you went there and I guess connected with them. How have you sort of. Um, is it just been through your friends that you've connected with the, I guess, entrepreneurial expat community or is there um you know ways that you've met other people and that are doing similar things to you um because at least for me the community is a big uh you know aspect for me and i love chiang mai for that reason and we'll be going to we're planning to go to saigon my my girlfriend and i uh you know in, in a few months and yeah that's kind of this is kind of a 
selfish question on, on my behalf, but I think it's, uh, yeah, I actually had a, somebody ask me, um, a coaching call on Friday asked me, you know, should it be, should I go Saigon or Chiang Mai? And I just couldn't answer because I haven't been to Saigon, so yeah. I don't know. Um, but Chiang Mai, I rave about, but what would you say for, uh, in terms of Saigon? Um, I have a podcast on this. Um, okay. Just search Chiang Mai versus Saigon and it'll be the first one on YouTube. Mm. Um, but it's with me and Kai talking about Chiang Mai versus Saigon. We're in Saigon doing it. But if it's your first time to Asia, I recommend Chiang Mai because um, it's less of a culture shock. Um, if your first time to Asia is fucking plop in the middle of Ho Chi Minh City, you're going to be like, oh my <laughs> This is crazy. People like... You're gonna wonder how they don't crash their motorbikes into each other. Like it's just, you know, it's it's New York City versus fucking Bellevue, Washington. Okay, yes, I don't know what that is, but it's New York City versus like Pleasantville. Yeah. You know, Chiang Mai is Pleasantville. Um, it's still a city. Like it's still a good sized city. It's not a fucking village. <laughs> but Chiang Mai is fucking. Saigon is fucking New York City so if it's your first time coming out to Asia Chiang Mai is your spot um, but if you if you like big cities like me go to go to Saigon next and uh, Bangkok and, and Ho Chi Minh are like they're known by the way Ho Chi Minh is the same as Saigon um, Bangkok and Ho Chi Minh are kind of known to be like number two and three digital nomad capital so it, it's been known like on the blog on nomadlist.com like they're, they're really high digital nomad communities, and that's why I'm, we're doing Bangkok next uh, next month. So if it's your first time, Chiang Mai. All right. I like to diversify sometimes and, and talk about other places, but it always just come, keeps coming back to Chiang Mai. Nothing, yeah. nothing really beats it right now. It, it's super fucking, it's good, man. It's super yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, it's been a really great chat. You've been, you know, you've given us a lot of value in, in this in this little uh, interview so I want to say thanks a lot um, yeah buddy and uh, yeah all the Riley stuff I recommend um, we'll be linking that in the show notes definitely uh, stick around till the end of the podcast or just click on to the blog now um, but yeah Riley's course is going to be coming out hopefully soon yeah. um, so you can learn more about what he does mm-hmm. um, but yeah thanks for coming on Riley yeah Thanks, man. And, uh, and by the way, if you're wondering about uh, Saigon, I started my YouTube channel. Um, like, I bought my camera before I went to Saigon. So I have tons of YouTube videos showing around the city of Saigon, um, nightlife in Saigon, food in Saigon. Yeah. So I, most of my YouTube channel is Saigon. So <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to see a lot of Saigon um, if you watch my videos. Um, so, yeah. There's uh, one in particular that I think is really good that I'll link to is like uh, A Day in the Life in mm-hmm. Saigon you released recently. It's, that's a two-part one. That was yeah. really that was really good to see. Yeah. Um, so I'll link that one as well. All right. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about Riley as well as everything else we just talked about in today's episode, you'll find all of that information and more in the show notes. Just head to christafreelancer.com slash podcast slash Riley dash Bennett. That's christafreelancer.com slash podcast slash R-I-L-E-Y dash B-E-N-N-E-T-T. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe and we hope to see you in the next episode.